Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Daphne, and Chris that Oilers now sent you. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are joined by Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Visit GCLDiesel.com. Hi, Louis. How are you? Doing well, Bob. What's going on today? How's the Windy City? It's Chicago. <laughs> At Chicago, there you, go. you so, played you know, here. Uh, you played here towards the end, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was uh, the last NHL team that I played for, and uh, have fond memories of it. Got uh, my 400th game in with the Chicago Blackhawks, and so that was a you know it was a it was a big milestone back in the day to get that 400 back in the day for pensions and things like that. And uh, you know what, they gave me an opportunity. I signed, I think, about two weeks before. Week and a half before training camp, flew in there, made the team out of camp, got to play some games, and wish I would have played there longer. Just an amazing city. I love the city, that's for sure. Just uh, I always love going to Chicago. It has a different beat to it. Now, uh, was Probert with the Hawks at that time, or what was going on? He was. He was in training camp, so uh, we got to hung out, hung, hang out quite a bit during training camp, but uh, that was the year that they kind of bumped him into the broadcast booth that year, um, and he started to do some color on uh, the radio side of things. And then uh, I don't think he played again after that. Yeah. Because uh, he was the guy, wasn't he? Oh, he was the guy for sure. We had, you know, Jason Strubb was there at the time too. We had a really tough team. You know, what I remember when I was, because at that time I was calling general manager myself trying to find, you know, just trying to find a job, to be honest with you, Bob. You go around, you get the list, you start to call general managers, you see if there's an opportunity. And, um, you know, looking at that team, it was... You know, Probert, Bly Line. they had Jason Strubbuck, Sean Thornton, they had, uh, you know, it was just, the list just went down, Ryan Vandenbush. I mean, it was, 
it was very deep-seated with toughness. Let's just put it that way. So, to be honest, it was one of the last teams that I wanted to call because I looked at it and said, probably not an opportunity there. But uh, lo and behold, um, that's where I ended up landing. So, um, you, you mentioned how's the Windy City. So, full disclosure, uh, yeah, you guys are going to start traveling here, I think, on the, the next road trip, the Dallas-Colorado road trip, as things, unfortunately, Louis, things haven't quite opened up yet in the United States, accessing back and forth across the border, uh, still require the need for tests and substantial uh, delays getting back in. Uh, but, uh, how, like... How do you find it? You know, uh, we did. You know, we did radio all last year um, from six thirty Chad for the road games. I know you guys were in the building at Rogers Place last year doing TV. Um, is I mean, you've gone from being at ice level between the two benches to being thousands of miles away. It's certainly uh, has it stretched your ability, and do you feel a little bit uh, disengaged at times from it? Oh yeah. No question. I mean, you, you can do your you can do your road work. We call it the road work. You know, just kind of tracking down what's going on with the team. You can you know watch all the video you want, read all the newspaper clippings and articles online that you want. But there's nothing that really um, simulates that being in the building. You know, talking to players face to face. And we've all kind of lost that. We've all lost yeah. that connection with. Not just the players, but the coaches with other personnel. You know, I don't know how many times you'd be walking through the the building, going into the media lounge to have a a bite to eat before the game, and you talk to ten different people in that media lounge, and you know, you know, talk about the team they're playing that night, two teams that you might have coming up a week from then. You're you're constantly gaining information firsthand, right from people that are right on site, right around the game, it's really hard to make up for that. So more phone calls, you know, phone calls are one of the things you start to reach out, um, have conversations with people on a more regular base. But there's no question there is a disconnect there. That's a word we've used fairly often, to be honest with you, Bob, just uh, because you're not there. So you're kind of watching it from a screen. Yes, you're prepared, and the coaches have been amazing to give us their time when we need it, either via Zoom or with phone calls to give us information to just keep us up to up to um, speed on what's going on with the team. You on the road with Cam and people that are on the road have been nice enough to send us information when they get it as well. So we get by, we do it. You know what? It's uh, it's not the perfect situation, but it's a situation we're in because of COVID. And now it looks like it's going to open up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we're looking forward to getting back on the road. All right. Uh, what do you see right now in the Edmonton Letters under Jay Woodcroft? Yeah, you know, I think... I really think, you know, you and I have talked about it. Just There just seems to be a little bit more life. You know, I guess that's the one word I'll use, just more life on the bench, more life in the play. Um, you know, things were played pretty dire there for, for them for a bit, and I think they just got into a hole, and it was, it was very difficult for them to dig themselves out of it. Um, and, and, and sometimes that can become almost a habit. You know, and we talked about this years ago. I don't know if you recall, but it would seem like that first goal would deflate the team. We always say about a team that gets deflated. Um, I don't see that with Edmonton now. I don't see them get deflated after the first goal goes in. Now, mind you, it's happened quite a bit this year. So they're getting used to it. They, they understand that it's just one goal. It might be two goals. And you know what? You buckle down. You start to fight. You start to make it a game. And, and you never know. They have the scoring power to come back in games. 
Um, I know they're working really hard to try and be a better defensive team. I know they're working really hard to be more of a competitive team. And a team, when I say that, harder to play against. Just compete for every loose puck, compete for the front of the net. That's where the breakdown seemed to happen with this team. And But when they don't, when they do battle harder in front of their goaltender, they really do have a chance to win every game, in my opinion. So that's kind of the, the basis of it. I have no problem. I really do feel that they have the scoring power and talent down their forward lineup and also with their defense to put pucks in the back of the net. The stats don't lie. They can score. So the better they can defend, the harder they are to play against, they're going to get their cookies. They're going to score their goals. The power play starting to come back around a bit, which is good to see because it needs to be a weapon. And you know what? Uh, I just think that there's just a little more positive energy in life in the team, which typically happens when there's a coaching change. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air. It's a new voice. And listen, we, you and I have talked about this too, Bob. Sometimes the message is exactly the same. Yeah, there'll be little tweaks, little here and there. You even heard Ken Holland talk about it in his presser. 20 years from now, there's going to be a coach in here that's going to be preaching the same things. But sometimes that message gets lost in translation over time, and they just need a new voice. And obviously, that's kind of what Ken Holland felt was necessary. And you know what? Listen, I got to say, they, they've come in with. Uh, a little more of a rah-rah kind of uh, attitude, and it seems to be rubbing off pretty well on the guys. Miko Koskinen is 7-0-1 with a 2.19 goals against average, 9.34 save percentage in his last eight starts. Yeah. Like, is less like, more? Hey, Roddy Dangerfield. He... We, Jack and I were joking the other night on the air. He doesn't get any respect. No respect, I'll tell you. But uh, you know what? Listen, it's been it's been a roller coaster ride for Miko Koskinen, hasn't it? But the one thing that I will say that, and I think you've heard the players talk about it now, um, they respect him a lot. They respect him a lot because even though he got a little bit vocal and people might have kind of looked at that as him throwing his players under the bus, he was just being like he always is, blatantly honest. He was just saying, hey, you know, like we've got to be better. He wasn't saying they. He's saying we have to be better as a whole. I have to stop the puck. We have to be better in front of me. And when all that comes together, I mean, listen, he's put some really good performances together. And, and I'm, I think there's always going to be that little seed of doubt with Nico Costner. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast. But right now he is the guy. And we've seen that over the last couple of years at that tandem of Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen have got them in the playoffs two years in a row. And, I mean, when the season ended two years ago, they were third in the Pacific or second in the Pacific at the time, I believe. So, like, here's the thing. You have to run with the hot hand. You have to keep giving the guy the opportunity that's playing well at this time. And that's Miko Koskinen. That's why he's getting his first back-to-back -back start under Jay Woodcroft tonight versus Chicago. And you know what? Let him run. If he keeps winning, then he's going to be he's going to be the starter. Mike Smith will get the back to back. So he'll get a second opportunity. And then if Mike Smith gets hot, he'll run with it a bit. That's just the way it has to be. I think down the stretch, and we've talked about that at length the last week and a half. They're at the point now where you win, you're in. If you win a game, you're going to get another game. We're going to keep going with you until that stops, and then we'll change it up briefly. And if the other guy goes in there and starts to play well. They have that luxury of being able to being able to ride each guy when they're hot. You just have to capitalize on the times when those play, those goaltenders are playing their best. So, right now it's Miko's net. It's Miko's net right now, and good on him because I don't think anybody would have thought that a month and a half ago that Miko Costin would be the guy down the stretch here that you're going to start with because he's playing playing great. So, I give him a lot of credit. And the thing for me, Bob. We always, we're on the outside. We just talked about how on the outside we are. We really don't know what goes on in that dressing room. We don't really know, you know, I mean, listen, we've been in dressing rooms. We've been there. We understand the camaraderie and the tightness. But when I see Connor McDavid wait around to give Miko Koskin a big hug after a big win, when I see him come into the pile 
and like he's just mega excited and happy for Miko to have a big performance. That shows me that the guys like him. The guys want to play hard for him. And that's really what you're looking for. You want to have that camaraderie. You want to have that try for each other. So that's a real positive thing. And sometimes it takes a real downturn to make you understand how great the high times are. So um, I think this team wants to win. I really do. I think they're working through it. They're getting a little bit more healthy. They still have key players out of the lineup. No question about that. But it's next man up and they're going to try and beat a very uh, energetic and talented Chicago Blackhawks team that seems to have given them trouble um, for whatever reason because of those strengths they have in the last couple of years. Did you see the honor guard for Duncan Keith yesterday at practice? Oh, that was awesome, wasn't it? You know, I I just think that it's uh, – Duncan just seems to be like the kind of guy that wants no attention at all. He doesn't want the limelight. He said he saw the camera, and, he, and he'd be the guy. This guy's been around for 20 years. You know, he played 16 years in Chicago, and he's like – you know, and he played down the minors as well, so with the organization even longer. He's uh, – you know, he, it's the furthest thing from his personality. He doesn't want it. He just wants to come in, do his job. He's uh, – and probably why he's so respected by his teammates. But um, it was really nice to see. That was a nice gesture. Good for the guys to understand and have the, the mindset to know this was a special place for Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith in his career and what he did in his career, not just the three Stanley Cups or the Norris Trophy winning winning uh, years or the Conn Smythe winning year or – he also won Olympic gold medals when he was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, he doubled up in 2010. Like, like there were so many positive, great things that happened to him in that tenure as a Chicago Blackhawk. For him to go back there, it's a very, very special day. And the players and the staff and the organization recognized that and tried to make it a little fun for him, which I think is amazing. Yeah, well, he's fine. You know what? I mean, he's just gotten back in. I mean, before he went out, he was obviously playing good. We had a lot of call or a couple of texts coming in on Evander Kane. Uh, Louis uh, got 11 points in 15 games. He's plus eight. How would you assess his impact as an order? Well, I think he's brought a lot of things. I still think there's another level there, to be honest. I think that, um, you know, when I watch him, and don't get me wrong, he's produced. Um, his board work is really strong. That's one thing that I've, I I didn't understand watching him every so often. But now that you see him on a nightly basis, you say, wow, you know, he wins a lot of battles. He's very smart with his stick. He's good in position. He's not going to hurt you defensively. That plus eight is a big stat for Evander Kane. You know, I look at that and I say, okay, um, wingers especially, when the puck comes around to you, once you battle down low to win that possession off a very good team, when it comes to you on the board, that's now where you shine. That's your job. What do you do with that puck? Do you make a play out of the zone? Do you panic and give it back? Um, do you get your feet moving and skate out of the zone? Those are all little things for a winger being the position that I played that determine whether or not you're a safe player and a player the coach can rely upon. What I see is a guy that's very strong on the wall, and he has a very good stick, and he has speed. So I still think he's getting up to speed, though. I really do. I don't think he's fully there yet. I just think he's still starting to find that uh, top gear. I still think there's one more, two more gears to go for him, and that'll just benefit him even more. And that just comes with conditioning. Conditioning, skating, full speed, doing things at a little bit higher pace. Um, he's a scorer, though. So, I mean, a lot of scorers – they exert the energy at the right times. <laughs> so that's a polite way of saying that they, they're, not, they're not going, um, you know, full out all the time. They're selective in when they're going to go, how they're going to get to a spot, get to a spot on time. And a lot of goal scorers are like that. 
But Evander Kane has also showed me in the last few games when he wants to ratchet it up and he wants to track down a puck and he wants to forecheck, he brings that physicality. He can be a real thorn in your side. He can be really aggressive. So I've, I've liked what I've seen. Bob, I do think there's a little bit more there, and I think he's had some real near misses. Um, Dreisaitl and him have a chemistry, but they just haven't really clicked yet. But there's been some of those passes where it's right on the tape, it just goes off the end or bobbles a little bit before it gets there. When he starts to convert those, I think he'll become even hungrier to get to those spots because he'll recognize, hey, this is a great opportunity, and he's done it his whole career. How happy were you for uh, Jake DeBrus the other night? You know, that was a pretty good start to the game. Come down for Shaw and net and score. It's always it's always a good night when that happens. I don't think it ever happened to me. So, um, no, I'm I'm pumped for him. I, I'm happy to see him in a nice little stretch here where he's uh, been productive and helped the team win, been a big contributor. I mean, that's obviously what every player wants. And, you know, he's been under a microscope there a little bit this year for obvious reasons, but it was nice to see him go on a stretch, and he wants to try and continue it. He's been uh, – Bumped up to the top line there for a bit, and he wants to stay there, so hopefully he stays hungry. Bigger surprise, Jake getting a hat-trick or Derek Ryan getting one at age 35? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think probably Derek Ryan, to be honest, just because of his age. And, you know, I think, um, you know, the position that he was put in at the start of the year, and that line was fine early on. You know, he was in the middle with Fogel and Cassian, and I really liked that line early on. Um, they had something going there for the first, first handful of games anyway before things started to, um, get off the rails a bit, but you know what? Credit to him, though. Obviously, you know Derek from his U of A days, from his junior days, and the journey that he took to get to the National Hockey League. I just think is fascinating, and it shows you a guy that didn't want to give up on his dream, didn't didn't want to give up on maybe potentially playing in the National Hockey League one day. We've always talked about it. Everywhere he played, with the exception of the NHL, he's led his team in scoring. So. You know, he's a talented player, and, and I think people sometimes forget that with National Hockey League players when they're playing on the third, fourth line, five to seven minutes. These players were the best players on their respective teams when they were younger. They were amazing hockey players. But when you get to the NHL, sometimes you get put into a role and you have to change to stay there, and you understand that. And I think Derek Ryan's a smart player. He's a smart person. He understood that for him to, to – live in this league, he had to be versatile. He had to be better defensively. He had to be able to kill penalties. But what we're seeing now is a little bit of that offensiveness, offensive side of him come out with a little more opportunity. And good for him. Couldn't have happened at a better time. They needed a little bit of a scoring punch, a little bit of a shot from depth players, and, and Derek Ryan's provided that. But he was pretty happy. And then he scored again the next game. Could have had another two or three in that game. I mean, he could have had another two or three in the game. He had three. So when you're on a roll, you try and strike it when it's hot. You hear people say that all the time. When you know you're hot, you just want to continue doing the same things because it's going your way. When you're not, you just need to focus on trying to be good because you know eventually you're going to break out of it. And that's the roller coaster ride that is the NHL for most players um, in a normal season. Even a Connor McDavid, I mean, his his low is a little, well, quite a bit higher than most of our lows. <laughs> so, you know, for him, it probably feels the same, though. You know, for him, even though one point per game or .75 points per game to him probably feels like a 25-game pointless streak to someone like myself. It's just, it's all relevant. You know, it's all relevant with the way you play the game. But I am happy for Derek Ryan because I do think there was almost a time when, he might have been finding himself out of the lineup. He was just trying to find that niche, trying to find where he was going to be in the 12, 
and now 11, which means there's less positions there when you're going 11 and 7 in the forward position. But uh, credit to him. I think he's won over a coach already in a short period of time, understanding that he could put him in different situations, and he's a very versatile forward. Lou, great stuff. Have a great broadcast tonight. Yeah. All right, Bob. Take care, man. See ya. That's Louis DeBrusque. Tomorrow is the last day that you can purchase your Oilers 50-50 raffle tickets to support your local hospital foundation. And maybe you'll have a chance of winning uh, the winning tickets, all part of uh, hashtag Operation Frontline Impact. You can get your ticket at EdmontonOilers.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Slash fifty fifty. We'll come back with the Oilers Now injury report. It's twelve fifty two at Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on six thirty. Chad obviously is a you know one of the greatest Blackhawks to ever play for for this team. So um, I'm sure it'll be a special game for him. Um, was a great teammate. You know. A uh, big jokester. He's likes to have fun. Likes to keep it uh, pretty light in the room. And then, you know, he's uh, you know one of the most serious guys when it comes to the ice. So, um, you know, he's a warrior and uh, you know a guy that uh, Edmonton's lucky to have and you no know, great player. So, um, I think uh, you've seen what he's done in the in his career in, in the playoffs and uh, winning at Conn Smythe and and uh, you know all those accolades that he's won. So, um, he's a, he's a heck of a hockey player and uh, you know was a great teammate and I'm sure he's a great teammate for those guys over there. That is Dylan Strom, who was a teammate of both Duncan Keith as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks, and Connor McDavid when they both played for Chris Knobloch and the Erie Otters. It is 12.55 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you, and we're going to go to the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. It's this simple. They are the best. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has gone back home to Edmonton. He's out week to week with an upper body challenge after he got uh, drilled into the boards by Ryan Longberg a week ago Saturday in Florida. Diessa Poliarvi out uh, with a lower body challenge. Still a couple more weeks for him. Zach Cassian not available after fracturing his jaw. Puck uh, hit him in the saddle face, uh, shot from the point. Uh, Josh Archibald has uh, finished quarantine, and I'm not sure if today was the day that he was going to start skating back at Edmonton. He's been out all season with myocarditis. Chris Russell not available as well, out with an upper body challenge. Kyle Turris is on IR with an upper body challenge. He is traveling with the team. Uh, Jujar Cairo, the former member of the Edmonton Oilers, has had back surgery. Uh, he is not available for Chicago, nor is former Red Deer Rebel Reese Johnson. 
Johnson. Uh, he suffered a clavicle injury. So there you go. That's a look at the two teams. The Oilers and the Blackhawks tonight. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Um, hmm. Drew says, Bob, what if, when the orders are fully healthy, what's their ideal lineup? Uh, that's if everybody's ready to go. Cassian and Russell, once everybody comes off of IR, we know that JP and Nuge are going to be locks in the lineup. I think Cassian's a lock as well. I, I think in fairness to Chris Russell, he's probably a 6-7 D-man right now. And, um, yeah. You know, you think you're going to, I mean, if the, if the owners go seven defensemen, there's a possibility that Russell may not play uh, because they might want to continue to, I think everybody wants to see Marcus Niemelainen continue to play. And this one comes in from Kamek, who says, Bob, just wondering if you can clarify something for me. What exactly is the benefits of future consideration in terms of the Alex Stalock trade? I don't know. Uh, San Jose had some injuries in goal. And the Oilers wanted to get their young goaltenders like Konovalov and Rodrigue playing in the minors. They've got Stuart Skinner down there. So, to be honest with you, I, I did talk to somebody that, that was involved in making that trade yesterday, but I don't actually know what the future considerations are at this time. So I'm just going to be completely brutally honest with you. At this stage, I don't know what the futures are. We'll have to wait and see. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack at 104 on Oilers Now when I return from Chicago. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.